This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Rubin. How are you? I'm doing well today. It is a very lovely gray Sunday morning. It's lovely for me. I like Your favorite mornings. Day. I do. <laughs> it's like everyone gets so happy when it's sunny, and then I look at the gray mornings and think, I should be taking pictures. This <laughs> what is are a, we doing this here? This is a waste. We're totally wasting our time. I like your hat. Thank you very much. You always have great hats. Wasted on radio, though. You know, I don't wear hats because I'm afraid people will think I'm just trying to cover my bald head, oh. and, I, and I'm not. I'm not ashamed of it, so yeah. I don't want to wear a hat, even though hat would be warm. Hat, hat would, would be, be warm. Yeah. It's actually one of the reasons I'm wearing it today. It's kind of, it's a little chilly. But you have hair to cover. I do. Little... Drew, yes. I, I'm not trying to cover my bald spot. Okay, good. That's <laughs> excellent. Um, I'm trying to think what, else. so this is, wait, this is our 100th episode. Really? This oh, is good it. grief. I oh, know. good. And we've we, got a fantastic guest too. I know. And I think, uh, and the next, this episode and the next one, um, our topic is kind of nakedness. Okay. In, in its various Laying forms. it bare. 100 <laughs> episodes. We're going to lay it bare. <laughs> well, we're starting a new season. I'm going to call this season 03. Okay. You know? And uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited excited to have the conversation. And maybe I'm pandering because our best episode ever was the one where we talked about shooting nudes. Okay. So maybe I'm just... You want to uh, start on a high. I do. All right. Well, let, I mean, let's get to it. All right. Well, our guest today... Um, it's kind of a funny story. Well, our guest is a woman named Shiva Sharifi, mm-hmm. and I met Shiva. It's sort of a, an unusual story. When I met Shiva, um, we were introduced by a friend of mine, Fred Van Johnson, who's mm-hmm. on our show. And um, Fred, you remember the Shiva? So Fred said, I, I really want you to meet this friend of mine, Shiva. Let's get together. And we scheduled a, a meeting for the three of us to mm-hmm. connect. And... Um, Shiva showed up and Fred didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and we sort of sat around awkwardly for a while. Like, I think I'm supposed to meet you. And, and we started talking. And he never, he never came. Did he call? Did he say Nothing. anything? Nothing. Okay. But lucky for us, we got to hang out. And we got to talk even longer and went Perfect. for lunch and had a great conversation. And he connected us. And I got to meet you that way. It well, was, fantastic. It, Shiva, nice, yeah. nice oh, to meet Shiva, you. Shiva, this is Suzanne. Suzanne Shiva. <laughs> Hi. Suzanne, it's nice to meet you this morning. Um, yeah, yeah. We're all in the Bay Area, which is oh, good. for the, the day, which is unusual. Sometimes our, our guests are from everywhere. Yeah. Shiva, you're, um, are you a native? San Francisco? Yes, actually, yes. I was born and raised in Redwood City. I grew up there, and I'm in San Jose now. But uh, before I get into that, first I wanted to say congratulations on your 100th episode. <laughs> Thank, you. 100th. Thank you. That's really cool. Because I remember when we had first met and uh, hung out, you were talking about kind of just getting started with the podcast. And you were like a few episodes or several episodes in. So it's really cool to see that you guys have come so far and been doing this. So <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. Just um, pushing a rock uphill. I understand. Well, that's what I think most photography projects are pushing rocks uphill yeah it's when it's when we get to the the summit that's the great part right 
Yeah. And watch the rock roll back down the other side. Is that <laughs> or, the... or you're just, or you're yeah. just worried. Then you're like, wait, well, well, what do I do now? I know. I've now peaked. Now, or this is, it does roll down the, does the other down, side. Yeah. And then you get to go from a different perspective. Yeah, you just push the rock back down the hill and you start taking some interesting photos of it. Exactly. And then you find, it, and then you find <laughs> another mountain to do about the same thing with it. I like your um, perspective. Rock rolling down a hill is a great subject. I think I might actually work on that for a while. Yeah, there's no moss. There's so many things that a rock going down a hill doesn't do. <laughs> uh, so Shiva, you're both, I mean, you're a photographer, which is how I, I, I know yeah. you, but you've also been a model. And I am, I was. So you um, covered so the bases. I've, yeah. I've been on both sides. Um, I was a photographer actually first. Uh, I got into what I would say is kind of like the tail end of film and did that for a few years. I had two film cameras back in uh, early 2000s. And about the same time as everyone else in oh, 2003, 2004, uh, I converted to digital. And around that same time, I also started uh, doing freelance modeling. Like um, right before uh, Model Mayhem existed, we were on one model place. I got more busy with the modeling and kind of put photography on the back burner so that I could collaborate more that way because I've always had my day job and stuff. Uh, did uh, freelance uh, modeling for about eight years. Um, not as much as a lot of these very talented ladies now that are, you know, doing big tours and stuff like that because I kind of feel like the freelance modeling industry wasn't quite established. Um, was kind of really an interesting um, time period because I got to watch the transition between film and digital and as a model working with these photographers that had their first digital cameras and what they were kind of trying to figure out what they wanted to do with them. Um, does, it, does, that change, does that change things for you when like before when Instagram as, as, a, as a model does it change whether the photographer is shooting digital or film? Um, not really. Um, and yes, so the, fundament <laughs> the, fun the fundamentals, I would say, are the same because, you know, you're going for the end result is a photograph, not video, right? So you're looking for uh, a storytelling or, or um, whatever the photographer's concept is. You're looking for the end result is in an image. The industry has changed because of digital people are, and we have the freedom to shoot so much more and, and, and not worry about, like, you know, um, does it make, make you nervous when there's like more pictures being taken or less nervous? Is it, uh, you know, when there's <laughs> film and they're being more considered each shot, it's different than like, it's almost like a video camera where they're shooting constantly uh, at you at some level. I think know? that really just depends on the person, whether male or female, the, the subject, the model. Um, I would say that, you know, if you have clients, you want to uh, temper that, you know, because that can be like, if, if you have a paying client or, or a wedding that you're shooting, um, clicking that fast and stuff like that can be kind of intimidating to someone who's not comfortable or used to having a camera pointed at them. Whereas the model, it depends on how experienced they are. I've worked with girls that are like, oh, he could, you know, shutter burst me and I won't even mind. And other models kind of just clench up from it because it's a little intimidating. So I think it's just the personality. And you, and you shoot uh, weddings and other events besides the sort of figure, uh, boudoir, yes, other work? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I mean, like just in 2019, 
mean, my primary focus is doing the model photography workshops that I started a couple years ago. Um, and so I'm predominantly focused on that kind of being on my front burner right now. But, um, you know, I did a few weddings um, this last summer and spring, and um, I get contacted for a uh, couple shoots. I have an engagement shoot that I'm, sh I'm shooting coming up in May. We're already talking about doing that for this year. So um, I had a boudoir shoot too, you know, where someone was, you know, I had a lady who had uh, put on a little extra weight and wanted to feel comfortable with her body change. And I think there were pictures for her boyfriend. So I found this really great hotel that I like to use, made it really comfortable. And uh, we've actually uh, surprisingly worked together before um, and did a fashion shoot like eight years ago. And so we got together again and she's like, I think I like these pictures better. <laughs> And I was skinnier, and we did the fashion shoot, so that was really cool. So yeah, I, um, I do all kinds of stuff. I do landscape because I love to shoot that too. How did you get into the boudoir? Like, was that because, because you were modeling, or because because of the modeling? Yeah, I would definitely say I I got niche, and I enjoyed doing it too. Because, like I said, back in between two thousand three to two thousand eight, I was being a model and also doing photography, but I, modeling was foremost because of you know, my availability and time and stuff. Uh, but I would start shooting. I mean, back then it was very, very popular. Uh, this um, high saturated digital when digital came out was like really oversaturated fashion pictures and um, pinup was kind of being revived in a, in a modern uh, way, but uh, was still paying homage to, uh, you know, that traditional cupcake pinup of the 50s era and stuff like that. So I started shooting that, and I think that that's um, also what kind of niched me into the boudoir because I kind of started blending boudoir and pinup, and and um, having an, an understanding for the pinup posing helped me work with models who didn't have necessarily as much experience. And we'd shoot boudoir and kind of just do this soft pinup kind of blend in the poses um, and make it a little bit more relaxed than you know over cupcake like really cheesy. So I got niched into I think. Um, the photography side because of uh, a boudoir because of the, the modeling that I did for that genre too so, and it's great because I make other people comfortable. When you shoot um, you just mentioned that sometimes you're working with more experienced models or less experienced models yeah. and I'm just kind of bringing this back to what uh, we were talking about earlier about the kind of burst shooting or overshooting is yes. there you know do, do you kind of tend to do one or the other and then do you show the pictures to the models? Like if they're less experienced, do you ever show what you're shooting so they kind of get an idea and they can adjust? Or do you kind of keep that to yourself and just give them direction? Yeah, okay, so that's a really good question. And I get asked this a lot by uh, photographer friends as well and, and clients and stuff. And um, I always like to share as much as possible um, with clients and with models that are starting out. Um, and when I have a, you know, a very professional model that I'm working with, I don't worry so much about rushing pictures too because she's got an un, uh, over inundated amount coming in because she's working full time. Mm -hmm. So when I'm working with, and I still give the, her everyone as many pictures as possible, what I'm trying to say is that um, what I hold to myself is I won't release anything that I don't feel is representative of my work. So any any of the the blurred, the mistakes, the uh, compositions maybe that I, I think needed correcting or I don't like. So anything I wouldn't want anyone else to see or post, I, I pull those out. Which you know, if you're shooting 300, 400 pictures maybe during a two hour you know session, um, you know that's about 20 or 30 percent that's getting pulled out. <clears throat> and I actually, I, sorry, I actually meant like while you're shooting, like while during the photo oh, shoot, wow, is, do you yes. ever share what? What, what's yeah. on the back uh, of the camera? The, yeah, absolutely, all the time. 
because I find every time I do that, I, it's giving confidence to that person because okay. they're kind of seeing, and then they, they understand so much better. And I liked that as a model too, especially when we like, if we set up a mirror on the side that you could kind of like check yourself and then go, Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Is that what you do? Do you have a mirror nearby Sometimes. when you're shooting? That's kind of, uh, no, not all the time, but it's a nice to have. Hey, describe, you know, describe a sh like a, 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 a Let's say someone's come in who's not a model, but they're going to do something sort of boudoir-y or sexy or, or naked or something like that. How do you get them comfortable? What do you say? What's that environment and, and uh, flow like for you? And is it different, do you think, well, I'm just piling it on here. Is it different because you're a woman that you've seen it, um, than it is with, with male photographers? And, right. and what are those differences? So that's a lot of questions really good right question. there. That's but a yeah, lot of all good questions. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just gonna sit back. And you just, yeah. So I think absolutely, I get away with a little bit more being a woman photographer because I work under the assumption that I'm gonna make another woman more comfortable more immediately. That is true. But any uh, anything that I do to build that trust and in the relationship to do a content shoot of this nature, anything that I do and my process and male can do the same. And it, it, he's just as completely capable of making her comfortable by being professional and respectful, you know, and showing um, cues that that you know for the model or for the client um that give them that understanding that they can be comfortable and be themselves so um for my process i kind of um and it's funny too because i actually do teach a workshop that goes into more detail um about this process um that i offer every couple months or so um uh down in the south bay but uh to to allude a little bit to what i i like to talk about things in the beginning and then we work with the model um, for about an hour and a half. I talk about it for a half hour about these things um, and answer any questions and so forth. So you have to... Like before they build, start getting you have to Yeah, you okay. have to build trust before the, you even get together. And this is true for weddings too and, and for any client that you have. The trust building begins in the dialogue in the email correspondence or or however they reached out to you because you know um we're getting more into texting nowadays as outreach as opposed to email so whether it's an instagram message or or facebook message they they, they dropped you a, a line that's the same thing as email but i'll just say email going forward and so that dialogue there you, you begin to build the trust and and that's where it, i think it happens um, and where you become the most successful is, is showing your personality in brief and without being too long-winded in that. And then when um, you're in person, I mean, you do simple things, you know, I highly recommend that um, because they may not necessarily be familiar or know what to bring. So you bring, you, you talk to them and, and give them suggestions of what to bring. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that I do too is I bring a cover like uh, maybe like a satin robe or something like that. Um, that is a sign of like, I brought something too to, you know, this is about you being comfortable. So when we're talking and in between lingerie outfit changes, you know, you have that to, to just wrap on casually and be comfortable um, and are stuff they, like that. Are they bringing their own stuff? Are they bringing their own lingerie yeah. or yes, whatever? Yes. Generally, yes. I bring um, accessories and stuff. Like I might bring um, jewelry. Uh, like I had a pearl necklace, um, or I might bring sh uh, like lacy draping fabrics. Or um, let's see what else. Uh, 
you know, I, I might bring feathers or something that's like uh, something that's a decoration, like other decorative accessories and stuff like that. But usually um, the ladies, they're going to be in their own base lingerie. Mm -hmm. um, there's times where I brought like a corset. Maybe it may or may not fit her because it's got lacing and it can be adjustable. So we see. But the bra and underwear and everything like that, usually the models will bring or the client should be bringing. What are they? I'm, I was curious. What are, you, what are they doing with the pictures? What do people do with boudoir pictures? Do you know? So I think that there is an entire industry in photography where people enjoy creating this content and sharing it and putting it in a portfolio saying, I'm capable of doing this. And models love, you know, posing for that genre. So there's that whole side of the boudoir photography industry. Maybe some of these photographers are creating books or or, or, or coffee table books with some of it. Um, if it's more like a fine art boudoir, I, I'm not really sure what all the photographers are necessarily doing with them. Um, but I know with clients, I mean, models are keeping them in portfolio, right, so that they get future bookings. Mm -hmm. And then clients, I mean, I generally, um, it's funny, is um, I'm getting a client booking for three reasons, either she wants to feel comfortable with herself again. Um, she either lost weight or gained weight. She's had body changes that she wants to commemorate. Um, so I've, I've dropped 20 pounds and I want to do a boudoir shoot. I've gained 20 pounds and I still want to feel great about myself mm -hmm. and see that that, and, and that's one of the things I love doing for boudoir is one of my favorites is actually showing women that they can be curvy and still beautiful and it's in your head. And you know they get the pictures back and go, wow, you, you see me the way I wanted to be seen. You know, and so that's that's a great joy to produce work like that. I, I, you know, I found that um, in a lot of cases, particularly for someone who's going to be completely nude, it, they're thinking yeah. of it like uh, going bungee jumping. Like they're psyching up for it. They've always <laughs> wanted to do this. They're terrified. They've never done anything like it. They feel like they should do it once in their life. This is that moment. And I can almost feel the buildup of like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, okay, I'm doing it. You know, that, that sort of, um, mm -hmm. do you feel that as well? Do you see that happening or is that I, just? I've had, I've had a shoot like that. We took her to the beach. We went to a new beach so we didn't have to worry about it. And once she had disrobed, she just ran up and down that beach screaming and having a, a blast. <laughs> so, so free and so liberated. She was just like ecstatic. It was so much fun to photograph her that day. Um, one of the other reasons too, generally, uh, just to finish up real quick is, uh, women are getting boudoir shoots done also for the guy or mm. her girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's usually, uh, they're doing it as a, as a surprise gift for the boyfriend. Um, or it's an anniversary commemoration. So she's, you know, it's their, you know, wedding anniversary and she's getting, you know, pictures done of herself to give as a surprise for their anniversary date or something like that. Does she give it so and this is a, just a practical question is she giving it to her partner as a, a series of jpegs is she giving it to him as a print is it framed is it something they think to put have... on the wall like what, what what's the end product that's created i have actually no idea i provide <laughs> jpegs to uh to her and uh give her the the JPEGs um, digitally, so I have no idea what she's doing with them there. I don't know if she's making a collage on the wall or. <laughs> um, but my guess is that we are we are in a very um, uh, kind of moving in sadly into an anti-print mentality. I mean, people don't do it as much, so I'm assuming that they're probably just giving them, you know, on the computer in some way. Mm. Um, that's the thing. I so. I, I gotta say, 
I, I mean, I take this a lot is going to get Ruben's goat right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about printing. I just am actually just thinking. Well, I, I, I'm just saying I, it because I think people should do that more. I it's, do it's amazing. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if we you heard we've got a, a Kickstarter about to start. Actually, when this airs, it's it's going live, and it's a new kind of frame, which is both st for storing prints and displaying them at the same time. So it's the way you have a uh, prints in a in a paper box. This is um, a box that is actually a frame. So it hangs on the wall, it has a stack of pictures in it, and it's designed to be really easy to open up and change which pictures on the Very front. Very cool. Very neat. Very yeah, neat. so you don't have to go through the expense of framing, which is, you know, involves matting, and generally you've got one picture in that frame. And, mm -hmm. and here it's really kind of a storage box. So if you, if you want to just get a bunch of prints, you can try it out. You put it in the frame on the wall for a while, and then you can put it away, mm -hmm. particularly if it's you naked. So uh, yeah. to say, wait, speaking of naked, it's funny, I, I feel like, I mean, I, I've actually done a couple shows where I've done a mixture of prints that were landscape and boudoir pictures and news. And it's really funny to watch people kind of get confused by the montage of, you know, the PG <laughs> wave right here next to the, the lingerie and the fine art. I actually have like three metal prints that are nudes hanging in my bedroom mm -hmm. and I don't think people print that kind of stuff enough um and I love fine art nudes in metal I don't know why but it's just cool. because the skin I don't know for me the skin texture and the colors in it it's just really fun so for those pictures uh, that you have hanging in your bedroom can you describe them uh they are all pictures of uh fine art shoots that I've done with women um in the past I have one of my pictures when I modeled too that I just need to get a frame for I'd like to put that up sometime but the, I know a uh, place. <laughs> yeah. so actually one of them uh is that the first one I'm just like so two of them I really really love um they were some of my very early work that I did in um, when I was modeling and being a photographer in like oh five. And uh, I retired from modeling in 08 and then just only did photography afterwards. But uh, she came over to my home. Uh, she's a Filipino woman, so she's got this very tan, dark kind of skin, but not mm -hmm. super brown, but, you know, brown. Mm -hmm. And um, she wanted to do a fine art nude shoot. I think it was that whole, like, I got to have one and mm -hmm. shoot one at least once in my life. Um, and she was really but uh, she had this really interesting necklace on it, which had like Egyptian hieroglyphs, and I had her leave that on because mm -hmm. it just seemed to be unique to her personality. And so we just shot with the necklace on. Um, and I asked her if she wanted to start with lingerie first, or just go into the fine art nude because she wanted to do nudes. That was the intention. Mm -hmm. um, and she's like, "No, no, I don't need to skip the lingerie. Let's just <laughs> go for it." I was like, okay, you know, just to warm up and make her more comfortable. Mm -hmm. But um, we shot in my backyard on this wall that is like this textured wood um, uh, shingles kind of look. Mm -hmm. And I stuck this very rustic stool. And had her just kind of side, put her like, you know, kind of lay on, on the side of it. And I shot her several ways uh, where it, she just kind of had this S curve in her body because her hip was popped on and on, on, lay on the side of the stool. And um, so I have a picture of her where, uh, like, I actually have her cropped right at her nose. Mm -hmm. And then the shot goes uh, to mid her, her mid thigh. Mm -hmm. And it's actually focused on her, on her body and, you know, just her unique chest. She was a little uh, A, B cup, but just kind of falling to oh, very open, um, mm -hmm. not very tight cleavage. And she didn't she didn't shave and stuff like that, so it had those details. And then I put it into a sepia tone. Mm -hmm. So I made all those textures of her skin, and you could just see the detail of her, because I think she was a little cold, so you could see that her 
hair on her arms is raised a little bit if you bother yeah. to look at the detail, yeah. which I don't think I ever would have saw if I hadn't printed it that because yeah. yeah. I didn't really notice it until I printed it. Um, another one I shot up in Marin um, to be a little bit faster, but we found these iron bars. She's a swimmer, so she had her hair shaped. Mm-hmm. And she's got this very, very tight body because mm-hmm. she's a swimmer and she is a competition swimmer. Mm-hmm. And so she was just uh, amazing, sculpted to me. And so we went and did an outdoor shoot and we found this bar, these bars that she could kind of tuck around. So the concept of the shoot was that, and it, it's a topless shot from just uh, below uh, her, like her mid waist, and she's pulling herself out from behind the bars mm-hmm. and like she's she's getting freedom to be i in my mind when i saw the bars was her freedom to be naked mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's a top of mm-hmm. um so there's that one and then i, I have I, a I, i'm sorry i feel like our yeah. show notes are going to be very popular this week they are, i can't <laughs> wait yeah no i mean like just you, you're doing such a fantastic job describing them too that i feel like i have this visualization of what it looks like so i can't wait to see the actual like photos what they look like yeah, yeah, I'll send them to you. Um, uh, we'll get that information. I'll send the, some links to them later. And then the last one's a little bit more simple. Um, it's a beach shot, but it's one of the cliffs um, in, at the beach, and you could just see all the, the texture of the, the, the earth and the rock mm-hmm. that made that cliff. So we stuck her up against it kind of close. And I just did a back – she was laying down, and it's a backside shot of her, and she kind of blends – with mm-hmm. the landscape there because of her skin tone. Um, she's a, a little bit more uh, yellow, actually, mm-hmm. olive skin tone. Mm-hmm. And it kind of went with the color of the, like, sandy rocks over there and stuff. So that's the other one. So cool. We- so it focuses mostly on the landscape, and then you just sort of see this form yeah. hidden. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then really, really golden sunset lighting, too. It was so gold. It was really, really mm-hmm. pretty. Uh, we shot it over in uh, a little bit north of Santa Cruz. Oh, so cool. you shoot outside. I mean, you go into natural environments to shoot, which uh, I've always found particularly tricky if you have expect- if people have expectations of how the pictures will look, which for at you as a professional, you're going to get. For me as a an artist, I, I have no expectation of what's going to work, but, but, <laughs> That's you, the fun part. but you go out into the wilds and you like, how do you control the light? Do you go on your own or do you have a crew helping with lighting or how do you, how do you make the lighting work when you're out in the environment? <laughs> so when I'm working um, with a model on a project for myself or uh, a, a client, it's usually on my own. Um, I might have one assistant with me, which usually is my wonderful boyfriend, who's helping carry the heavy gear and the bags because it kind of saves my back a little bit. <laughs> and, and so um, I might have one person helping me. Um, you know, if I start playing with a reflector or something like that with the natural light, they help hold that. Uh, but generally, I like to keep my own projects small. But I do do group stuff because I actually will take a group of six or eight photographers and we'll go out and do a photography workshop and we'll do a group shoot. And so I take the, so I have done this with big groups too. We've had like 10 to 12 people out shooting, you know, beach shoots and all kinds of other concepts outdoors and indoors too. So, so th- that last thing you described is something that interests me. You've been for, I guess for the past year or have you been doing it for longer, bringing together, you, you, uh, get a model, you find a model who you've worked with or he, you're supporting or whatever, and, yes. you, and you sign up a group of photographers and it's eight or ten or whatever the number is, and and that's got to be a weird scene. I don't know. I can't even, I haven't I, I have, It's actually a lot of people, I I, 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 I try to run it, the reason I, I do it is because I 
like I'm trying to create a space where this kind of content mm-hmm. is comfortable. And I shoot boudoir content in these group settings and fine art in these group settings, as well as PG things and all kinds of ideas. Like we did a horseback riding shoot at the beach this last summer to, I'm trying to work on getting some falcons, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, doing a, a, a fashion shoot too. And, you know, just doing, you know, uh, maybe even a PG bikini shoot. So they're all different kinds of uh, genres. It's all usually model related, though. Like we'll do a model related, like practice wedding shoot sometime mm-hmm. coming up too. And so it's an opportunity for these photographers who are trying to figure out how to shoot this yeah. to come out and practice. So that is the uh, the purpose and the intent. Is it's an opportunity for people who have picked up their gear to have uh, a space where they can come out and practice it. And especially with the boudoir and the fine art, in a space where if I, I feel like I'm liaisoning the environment, it's more comfortable than necessarily just one-on-one. She's yeah, professional, so she she's in a space where she's safe because there's actually several people, so nothing weird is going to happen necessarily mm-hmm. because there's everyone watching as mm-hmm. opposed to this one-on-one thing where, you know, it's more intimate and, you know, she's going to have to hold her own space a little bit more with whatever photographer she's working with, which I'm sure he, I mean, with my experiences, you know, you, as a retired model, you just don't know the person. You try to get to know them as best as possible via correspondence and stuff like that. But when you're there in person, you're still figuring out whether that trust is going to be established or not because you haven't met them yet and developed that rapport. I mean, like, quite frankly, like, if you are a model, you are trying to work with someone who's giving you direction, but fundamentally, you are not wearing a lot of clothing. And, you know, it is, it's a vulnerable position to put yourself in. Particularly if it's a bunch of guys or a guy sitting Mm -hmm. there sort of looking at you or shooting you. I think it's just trust, no matter what. So what I'm doing is I'm holding space and controlling that kind of energy to be more positive. And it's about us and then even if it's a fashion shoot we all help each other out like you know help hold each other reflectors for each other everyone starts but it's like okay we had a shoot where we had like six reflectors i'm like you all don't have to bring them (laughs) (laughs) everyone's helping each other capture stuff and i'm i'm creating a um uh an environment where people aren't like, oh, I'm going to get the best shot, I'm going to be the best photographer, but it's going to be collaborative. And I absolutely maintain that everyone is collaborative together. So the model feels comfortable because she understands that the photographers are all different experience levels from professional to intermediate to beginners. Um, and she just knows it's a, it's a broad range. She's going to be herself as a model where her experience is at. I'm helping guide her you know, with, with the workflow is what I like to call it for the session. And then the photographers take turns. Um, and so I have, you know, the more experienced ones kind of go first so that the beginners are getting an opportunity to see a handful of people work with her all differently. And then yeah. they pick up ideas and understandings of what they can learn to do uh, in the future for themselves when they when they have their own um, sessions. Or sometimes I'm finding that people just like to do the group environment because they get inspired from other pe- watching other people and mm-hmm. they only want to do that because it's safer and more comfortable. So it depends. So, so most of these people I think are learning to go do their own work later. As a as an expert in this space, what kind of, uh, I don't know, advice would you give to photographers who want to try this or... <clears throat> I don't know. What, Take like, her class. Yeah, you're, I mean, short of <laughs> taking your class, which of course is what everyone should do. But like if, if they're in Boston right now or whatever, and they're, they're mm-hmm. thinking, I've always wanted to try Fly that. Out. <laughs> Fly out. <laughs> what else would you say to them? Like, are there a couple guidelines or rules or tips or something to tell a, photo- a new photographer? 
Yeah, so like I said before, um, work on building that trust. That is the most important thing because once you lose it, it's gone. And when you lose it with someone and you've done something really, I don't know, I'll just say obnoxious, you know, mm -hmm. in the industry, women share that information with other professional women models and freelance models mm -hmm. in the industry. So um, it's really about maintaining professionalism and building trust and starting with the email first and being transparent about the content level not saying oh i want to work on lingerie and then when she's there in front of you ask her to do fine art nudes you say that in the email before mm -hmm. you be completely transparent um and i think that is the most important thing is to be uh precise um and, and to the point but and, and use professional vocabulary and say what your intention is that you want to create or work on. And if you're not really sure, you know, you go, I, I don't really know what I want to create, but I want to work on nudes. You say at least the level of, con you know, the content level or mm -hmm. ask her what are her posing limits. Um, so those being really key. Posing limits? Yeah, what are her posing limits? Um, like there are women who are in the industry, they'll do suggested, but they don't want any, you know, any of three areas ever showing. Mm -hmm. So that's not uh, considered necessarily fine art uh, nudes because that's more open. You can do completely tops, but some women just will do suggested work. Um, so you respect with that, whatever she says. Um, and create that trust in that comfortable area. Um, and then, like I said before, bring something that is, you know, a nice fabric that, you know, she can wear that, that she can cover during breaks. So it's not, she's standing, I mean, I mean, some models are very liberated. They're like, I don't care. I'll stand here naked. I'm comfortable. <laughs> And, and, and you don't end up using it. But there are other ones that, you know, you have that and you show gestures of respect. And finding ways to show gestures of respect um, and politeness, I think, are really, really important um, in getting into this. So, yeah. What, um, what about tips for the models or for, for men and women who are thinking about being photographed? What, what would you say to them? Lots of body lotion. <laughs> that's um, actually a great recommendation I will say I, 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 remind, yeah, people, yeah. I remind people about elastic like that's like an, a real pro uh, kind of a non-rookie uh, tip which yeah. is you forget how long those marks stick on your body when you pull off mm -hmm. sort of tight elastic bra oh, yeah. or, what, anything, or anything, yeah. anything anything yeah. And yes, hours. It can be hours before that stuff yes. clears off your skin. So if you if your intention is to do a finer nude shoot, then uh, do not wear any underwear or bras because yes, it will leave those lines, and then the photographer has to spend so much time retouching those lines out of the skin, and it may not be something that they're very you know good at doing, and it may not like blend perfectly, or um, it's just better not. So like uh, I always say, wear a dress that is loose fitting um, and not too sheer and just have that so you don't have any of those um, underwear lines and stuff like that. Or I used to bring a sarong all the time mm -hmm. and just bring a wrap um, and, and I would wear a dress and then I'd put myself in the wrap in between um, uh, locations or whatever because uh, we might be doing a shoot at the beach and I'd, I'd walk down the beach in the in the sarong wrap. So um, that, uh, lo lots of lotion. I think um, that if you're going to be doing that, to, yeah, though really like hydrating your skin is so important. It's going to photograph really, really well. And um, 
I'm not talking about just doing it only one time before the session, like do it for the entire week, you know, let that, um, you know, there are other skincare. I'm big on skincare. Um, it's more important than makeup, right? I think is taking care of your skin. Um, so there, you know, are other like oils, um, that you can, you know, use on your skin to just hydrate your skin as much as possible for the session. And then, um, you know, maybe a little bit, not oil, maybe a little bit of lotion, um, you know, before, but like pat it off a little bit. So it's not, shiny. you know, yeah, not too shiny. Um, but that's how I'd say is most important, um, in regards to any kind of fine art nude prep and just, just going for it and being confident with the decision that you've made to experience yourself naked in front of the camera. Cause I think my, I remember my first fine art nude shoot that I did, I think, and it was for film and I got four really great pictures back mm -hmm. and I looked at them and I said, this is me. I, I had no idea I looked like this, <laughs> you know, because our minds, they, they create this other idea of ourselves because we're always our worst critics. We're so mm -hmm. hard on ourselves because society teaches us, you know, and programs us to kind of be that way and to do something where the camera is not going to lie to you. Mm -hmm. And the photographer is just there to kind of bear witness to your being and, 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 and the spirit that you are and the person that you are in front of the lens and just kind of just capture that for you to see. And, and you get those images back and and go through this process about understanding yourself better it's it's just remarkable you can't put words to it because it's photos you know if you could describe your fine art nude work in one word what would you what word would you use oh gosh that's a hard question i don't know if i have one word um you can hyphenate or what comes what comes to no, mind I, I will i will give i will give a word that other people have used a lot. I've heard back mm -hmm. is sensual. Okay. Yeah. Like sensual. Like uh, it's not sexual. It's sensual. Um, and my work is very, very sensuous, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of, you know, like it's, it's, it's voluminous, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I try to just, you know, um, pay homage to the spirit of, of, of the free spiritness of a naked woman in the environment. That's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. who, who has inspired you? I mean, as far as photographers, is there is it a fine art or is it a, a, a contemporary boudoir work? Like, where where do you go to? I don't know. I, get excited about this work. Uh, uh, okay, what's really funny is the is he's a, he was a portrait photographer of the Native American culture um, back uh, in the early uh, early part of this century it was Edward Curtis. So, like, I'm really inspired by Edward Curtis, and I'm really inspired by. Uh, Ansel Adams um, as photographers, like historical photographers, those are the people that kind of got me into photography. Um, but uh, in, in the boudoir genre, I actually go to classical art paintings, um, like old historical figure paintings mm -hmm. of women and those kinds of um, maybe uh, late or in the 19th century, maybe late 18th century, mm -hmm. um, you know, figure studies and drawings and, and paintings of, of women that pose in, in those times when it was very like you know inappropriate for them to be doing that kind of stuff so much more extreme to be uh, a model at that time right and just kind of get into the, like the imagination of what that 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 shoot well it's not a shoot it's a painting session right yeah. um, but the, I think that we don't pose people like that anymore and so I go to that for my inspiration like um, and then, or I mean, like mm -hmm. that painting is what always comes to mind when you sort of see yeah, the yeah, and she yeah, is like that kind of stuff. She's staring um, back at the at the 
or her gaze, like the female gaze is sort of staring back at the camera instead of it being demure, looking down, looking away, being being um, sort of voyeured upon instead of her having, instead of her maintaining that gaze. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and then um, the lastly is I, I'm inspired what people are doing today. You know, I get on Instagram and I, um, I mean, you can't really hashtag art nude model or, you know, fine art nude so much. Um, can you um, not? You can't hashtag a, that? You, you can, but it's like weird, like, I, I don't know, it seemed like I was talking with people, uh, models and in Insta Instagram models and uh, freelance uh, models, you know, they're also on, um, some of them are on Model Mayhem, um, that have noticed that there seems to be that I was like, sh I, I, I don't ask me a great deal about it because I'm kind of trying to understand it myself, but there's like this shadow banning mm. um, for you know, art nudes, you know, and, and so it's like you, you can, if you know the full name of the model, you know, it'll, it, you can tag them, but like things aren't showing up in search results. So you have to like find things directly through, you know, I think links uh, to other artists or through other artists, not so much like, you know, things don't show up in search results. From I, stopped, I stopped tagging things with nude. So, yeah, I don't use the word yeah, nude or naked. I don't or, really or bother. Like that. I think it's, it's not, you yeah. can't really, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you can't really seem to find things via hashtags that anyway. It's like you have to know people or know people who have worked with people. So I find myself clicking through profile of if someone worked with someone, I click through like this model who worked with this photographer and I check out this photographer's work. And then I see he's worked with this model and I click in her portfolio and I look at this model's work that's amazing. And then I click on this other photographer that she's worked with and yeah. I just keep kind of rolling through Instagram that way. I'm completely inspired with these people who have worked with other people and, yeah. and this similar there was a quote that Ruben found yesterday um, oh, that oh. actually think it'd be really interesting to get Shiva's um, well I, I had watched on. there was a documentary on Hedy Lamar on Netflix and uh, she's fa fascinating and an amazing it's an amazing story but in it there was this moment when she was very young she did some nude modeling mm -hmm. and um, the documentary was talking about how that was just not done, um, but he was also speaking to this weird um, niche where women in the arts could get away with this sort of liberating thing. It was accepted, and she was in the she was in between, like she was in commerce and whatever, and she ended up kind of being blackballed by some of the nudity that she had. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just... What was the quote? Because uh, it could be interesting to read it and... Just, let's see if I can pull that up. Yeah. It, it, it just, it said that um, she lived in a society where there were many prominent women who not only had incredible careers, but loads of lovers. And it said that women, especially in the arts, uh, could have a certain kinds of liberties that they would not find in normal bourgeois society. Well, I think of like Isadora Duncan around that time where she definitely sort of subscribed to that women with a lot of different liberties, lots of lovers, lots of, you know, yeah. changing, uh, you know, kind of what she could do what she wanted because she was defining her own terms. But other other women, especially in Hollywood, were probably much more confined. Well, I feel like we're aren't we coming back into a time where, I mean, it's it's got to be, I mean, I, I shouldn't be as a white old dude, I shouldn't even be speaking to this, mm -hmm. but I'm just curious. It's that double-edged sword. It's liberating. It's like women's empowerment and to own their physicality and their sexuality and all of that. And also not being judged for how they look and wanting to be by the, judged by their character and not by their physicality. 
but if you but both sides of those are right it's like you should own yourself and have your own authority and at the same time you don't want to be you don't want it used against you do you find that models wrestle with this do you wrestle with it do you ever feel it was a mistake having having been a model uh, or other models you know what, what is the what exactly is the question Re not, rephrase that i'm not sure what? i can rephrase that question you want to give that yeah no, i mean i think it's um well, I think the quote was really about sort of Hedy Lamar was the example where there was kind of these two parts of society where one part was very women in the arts were very empowered and um, you could kind of write your ticket as you chose it and you can mm -hmm. be very liberal with your, you know, your sexuality, your physicality. But then on the other side, the kind of the Hollywood side, there was this you could be sexy as we told you, and then anything beyond that bound, that, that boundary box was actually, you were sort of discredited. And mm -hmm. so doing something that was, and I think Ruben was making the metaphor or the analogy to our current times of, you know, there is, it's, it's very much like me too, it's empowerment. It's like finally, you know, time's up. We are getting to a point where women are, are expected to, you know, you want an equal playing field. But at the same time, that equal playing field at times may, may feel like it is, it negates, you know, your own female um, physicality and sexuality. And so it's, you know, how do you walk the line of me too and being very pro-body? So, yeah, I, I feel like the answer is both are still happening. Like that time is happening now, but it hasn't occurred yet. And for my story and my own experience in um, having been a, a, a model and um, also have been a dancer and being very involved in the liberal side of art mm -hmm. and that experience where it can be pedestaled and you know you can be um idolized in a way uh because you know you're so statuous and um you're so free or, or whatever the thing is that people make assumptions you know and so you, you they make assumptions and extremes in both ways and so you you can be belittled and looked down upon and not accepted by people in society at the same time you're idolized by other people and, and doing this the same thing and so I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of women, at my guess, and, and and this is in my own model experience that I kind of felt like these women, um, maybe spinster is not necessarily the right word, but they just kind of lived for themselves and 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 the own freedom of their own experience of like you know, I'm able to be present as who I am and bear mm -hmm. witness to who I am. And that's and their, their life story kind of took them that way and then unfolded in all different kinds of time periods where maybe they did modeling art. And I think that that has happened, um, you know, before and it's still happening now. And I think tr both are, are, are true. It's like you get, you get mixed messages so much that you learn to not really care about or worry about what other people are doing. You just keep producing the work that you were meant to do and, and art being the medium for it. Mm -hmm. Nice. Great. Well, yeah. thank you. I mean, I, think, I, mean I, I, I have more questions, but I think we should wind yeah. down. Yeah, no, it's I like, think this was great. It was really interesting. I'm actually very interested in kind of like the next part of this conversation too, of just, you know, like the personal experience of being a model and how you feel that 
I mean, as a photographer, I'd say that's probably helped you a lot because you're able to understand it from the model side um, and whether it's giving direction or giving other photographers direction on how to work with a model best. Um, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's got to be very comforting in class situations, both that you understand where the model is, you understand where the photographers are, and you really can... Um, bridge that and give everybody sort of the support well and before we close maybe you can just plug your classes um, give us information we'll make sure to put it in the show notes but where can people find out more about how to take some of these these uh, photography master classes that you're teaching or if they're models and they want to contact Shiva absolutely and that because it's a safe environment maybe they would prefer to do it in this kind of environment yeah. than go get on model mayhem and find someone on their own yeah yeah, absolutely. And and people find uh, through coming through my workshops that they're able to network afterwards, you know, on their own. Um, I've had models say that they've ended up meeting people through my workshops and felt comfortable working with them afterwards and, and vice versa. Photographers are finding models that you know, are of quality. I've helped kind of get that. And so they'll book them too. Um, but uh, my brand is really easy. It's all Shiva. A-L-L-S-H-I-V-A, um, because no one ever remembers how to spell my last name. So I just did, if you want to spell my stuff, <laughs> go to go to allshiva.com, um, which will actually currently take you to my Instagram page. Um, so you can check out my stuff on Instagram. And then if you read in there, there's uh, hi- there's like hyperlinks to other Instagram accounts that go to other content, like my wedding photography and landscape photography. And also you'll see a link in there um, to my workshops and you can click through to that. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, Shiva Sharifi, awesome to <laughs> hang out with you. Uh, even uh, without, thank you for... Even without Fred here. It, you, know. you know what? He just keeps flaking, that guy. Fred is never around when you need him. He's never around. All right, Shiva, we're going to wrap this up. Was really, this was really, really fun and enjoyable to speak with you guys about all this stuff today. It was really fun. Thank you oh, thank for having you. me on. Thanks for joining us. Our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments. Please leave reviews and ratings on iTunes, and don't forget to subscribe. We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, send them a link. Thank you to Shiva for joining us today, Mitchell Foreman for our theme music, HD Buttercup for this amazing room, and all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate your attention. We hope we've given you some things to think about.